You are now in queue to join Game from the Gamers, a podcast where good friends gaming on PS4 talk about life, movies, relationships, other random shit, and, well, obviously, video games. Starring Chad, Garcia, Trey, Xavier, Daryl, and Corey. Let us put you on game. Game from the Gamers is brought to you by Cool Nerd Productions. Now let's start the show. Episode 32. I'm excited. And we are back. We are live with another remix to Ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Another Mm. rendition, an expedition, all facts no fiction a dosage of comedy not recommended by your pediatrician that not yet approved by the fda nutrition that call me sally may and this is your tuition that hmm that don't sound too good could be a transmission another addition from the livest of tacticians i just got a std test from my physician when you move how i move be conscious of your position when you move how i move repeating be conscious of your position. That's 2018. So if you want the cheeks, get written permission because they're out here locking people up. They're locking them up. Damn, this is a long intro. Let me take a brief intermission. Consider us a shot of pristine whiskey during the prohibition. Your blood pressure is high. You need to eat better. So consider us your dietitians. The Game from the Gamers <laughs> podcast. Nice. <laughs> I love nice. it. Nice. I love it. Episode 32 and we live. I'm 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 so ready for this. Um this is a Woo! very very special episode, <laughs> but this is not this is not my time to shine, not my time to to take the reins because I didn't book this interview. So I'm passing it to Daryl cuz Daryl's rocking with me. Daryl, yo yo. Tell us what we got today, man. Today we have a, a man who has gotten me through some tough times in my life, whether he knows it or not. Um I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And this man is by far my favorite narrator. I own roughly 23 audiobooks. And of 23 audiobooks, 11 of them have been narrated by this man, Nick Podell. How you doing today, Nick? I'm doing real good. I'm doing real good. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, it's pristinely our pleasure. Pristinely our pleasure, Nick. Um, today we're just gonna we're gonna go freestyle it. We're gonna freestyle it like Corey said. We're gonna uh, ask you a few questions, um, maybe for some people who... I uh, have never heard you. Maybe you could do a little bit of reading for us later. And uh, maybe for people who've never really gotten the audio books, maybe we can, you know, get some people over there. Maybe listen to some of your stuff, you know? I'd be happy to. Oh, that'd be awesome. So uh, we're going to get started right here. So, Corey, um, I believe you and Nick have worked together before, correct? Yes, yes. I can give you that backstory mm-hmm. if you'd like. That would be awesome to get us started. Yeah, so as, as, as many of you know, um, I've spoken about this on the podcast before. For four years of my life, I spent that in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, working with Amazon to record audiobooks. And uh, during that time, I got to meet a wide variety of talented individuals. Uh, one of those individuals was Nick. And Nick um, actually recorded one of my favorite audiobooks. We recorded it together. Um, the... One by, uh, I think it's Andreas Ishbach, Lord of All Things. Um, oh, yeah. One of my faves. One of my faves. Um, we recorded that together. But just during the process of recording, 
uh, Nick and I became fast friends. And um, mm-hmm. at, at, at some point, you started game night at your house. <laughs> That's right. And um, I'm angry that I didn't get to go again before I left because I don't know what game that was that we were playing with the big world map. Um, oh, what? Uh, was that Pandemic? Pandemic. I want to try hey. Pandemic again. I did not get a uh-huh. chance. to. Fun I, fact. Fun fact, Corey. And when you come to Cleveland, drag Nick with you because I have the Cthulhu version of Pandemic at my crib <laughs> right now. Oh, yes. But see, I'm sorry, man. Sorry for, for, for keying in. Go ahead. Finish your story, man. <laughs> no, I de- we definitely have to play it again. I feel like I, I wasn't really making the right decisions until like midway through the game. When I started to catch on, but it's one of them <laughs> games you can't really like. You can't. It takes so long. It's not like you can run it back. It's not like a game of basketball. Like, oh no, I'll run it back real quick. It's not one of those. Right. Like, it took us majority of that night to like get through that game, mm-hmm. and I was so mad. Like, I had <laughs> dreams about it. Like, that's what I should have done in round three. <laughs> Could have yeah. beat this game. It was bad. It was bad. So we need another that. That's the hallmark of a good game right there. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you dream about it afterwards, if you try to think about what you should have done differently, mm, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. a couple games like that that we played. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was it. So I got to um, go to Nick's house. You've got two lovely dogs, hilarious dogs, uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> a beautiful family. So it was just cool to, to transition from, from a working relationship into actually – uh, going to your house and bringing, I don't know what foods I brought, but, you know, bringing some food to the potluck and having fun mm. with you. So that's that's how I know Nick there. Okay, that's that's pretty tight. Um, speaking just to piggyback off of game night, Corey, based on what you're telling me, man, I legitimately think you would enjoy D&D night at my house. And if you could drag Nick Podell along and have the man of a million voices here when they're right in my, uh, my NPCs, I legitimately think you would dream about that session for months on end. <laughs> oh, Daryl, I don't think you know what you're getting yourself into. I love me some D&D. No! No, oh, I do. I do. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't gotten to play it since college because, uh, you know, as people get older and they start mm-hmm. throwing things like family into the mix, it's, it's hard to get a group of people together I mean, Corey, you kind of saw this with game night. Like, mm-hmm. it would be a fluctuating group of people because it's it's hard to get people together for a consistent thing. And I don't know, D and D is not one of those things that you can just sit down and be like, "Hey, we're just going to get together and play a pickup game in D and D." You know, it's it's you got to commit. You, you got to commit, commit to it. That or but if it's you do a so one much shot, fun. Yes, yes. Yeah. If you do a one shot, you're going to be sitting there for six hours, seven hours. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you can do a quote unquote pickup game of D and D, a pickup game of D and D lasts six to eight hours because I you guys got to go from quest hook to the, the trouble in the middle to the conclusion, and you have one sitting. You can't let no one leave your house because as adults, getting them back there is like herding cats. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that is the equivalent to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's crazy. Better tell them there's a caveat. You got to bring your sleeping bag. Got to bring your sleeping bag, um, bring gaming snacks. Uh, uh, a must. Bring a must. rations. Oh, That's quick little funny story before we get into the questions. Um, speaking on D&D, when I got back, uh, I'm a veteran, Nick. And when I got back from Afghanistan, I had about a three-week break before I had to report back in where I could just do whatever the heck I wanted. And I finally got all of my adult friends to quit adulting for a night. I'm like, I'm back in town. Let's get together, have a couple drinks, have some food, play some games, like play some play some D&D. They agreed. My four guys showed up and 
They were like, all right, what are we bringing for food? I said, don't worry about it. I got food. They said, okay. These guys showed up and these poor saps, I brought them MREs. <laughs> they were so mad at me. Oh, man. These poor saps. Like, man, what is this? And then my one buddy, he was like, hey, I don't know why y'all be complaining. This is delicious, homie. <laughs> <laughs> he's over here the worst cheese tortellini you could ever have in life. And he's just munching, like, happy as a clam. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. You're wrong All that. that. You're wrong oh, for that. It's hilarious. I wish I took pictures. Then you they were there. I was ready. I was about to get jumped in my own house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Man. So for the next game that I gotta know, don't serve MREs. No. Good to know. No, no, good, to know. Good, good luck getting those people to come back to your house after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only bad. reason why I kept my report with them is because we've been friends for 10 plus years, every man in that house. So you can pull a stunt like that. You, yeah, you, you, you got some grace more. there. That's good. You, have, you gotta have some rapport with the people you're doing that with. You know what I'm saying? You can't do That's that good. with like some work friends coming to your crib the first time. Nah, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so um, so let's go ahead and get, get cracking on some of these uh, some of these you know basic questions. Nick, how did you get started? What made you start thinking about becoming a voice actor slash narrator? Uh, all right. Um, I'm. G- I'm going to say if we really want to take it really far back, Legos. Okay. That, that's, Legos. that's dope. Okay. How? how, when, how I was, when I was just a little kid, uh, mm-hmm. my brother and I would play Legos all the time. And it wasn't just a, you know, build up a castle and then we're going to tear it down and build something else and move on. No, no. We would have stories. We would have intricate plot lines and continuing characters from one plot line to the next. And I would like to say that that, you know stopped as i grew older but i was that like 16 year old kid in high school who still every once in a while pulled the legos down off the shelf so i'm definitely uh not that cool um (laughs) but as an adult i will say um or maybe you know a young adult i did theater in high school and really loved it um but thought that was kind of the end of it and like yay had my fun go to college and tried to go for a you know, normal degree that would actually get me a, get me a job somewhere and got sucked back into theater. Um, did that for a couple of years for a few years, actually was a theater major for a number of years. Um, I went with the, uh, the doctoral plan in college of like eight years of college with having just an undergrad. So uh, I took my time, but that's that's what happens when you change your major like a dozen times, maybe a dozen times. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so did the theater, did the theater in college, um, ended up saying like, OK, I'm never going to be able to make a living out of this. So I'm going to just switch my major to something close. So I went with a communications major and a theater minor, because by that time I had a lot of credits under my belt. Um, and was slowly making my way through the last like year of college and working in a bar downtown Grand Rapids that I can say the name of because they're no longer there. The Black Rose. I was in an Irish pub nice. downtown Grand Rapids. And it was fun. Um, but I ended up hating it. <laughs> and uh, that uh, wanted to quit my job but didn't really have anything going. And so my mom, uh, who 
was a big audiobook fan. Uh, has been since, I mean, I think I remember we listened to Jurassic Park on tape when we were going down to Florida one year as, as, wow. as I was a kid. So um, she's been listening to audiobooks for a long time. And she said, you should do this. There is this company in uh, Grand Haven that records audiobooks, and you should, you should put together a demo. And I was like, okay, mom, sure. You know, yeah, you're my biggest fan, but you're my mom. You know, you kind of have to be. Mm -hmm. Of course. So I told her like, okay, sure, mom. You know what? Let's let's pick some of your books that you like, and we'll we'll pull a few samples out of there, and we'll record something and send it off. We'll record it on your laptop. It'll be a fun mom son thing that we can do together. Um, so we did and sent it off to this to this company, and uh, I expected that was going to be it. So I just went back to my job that I hated and school and whatever. And a couple of, like a week later, I got a call from one of the casting directors there saying, hey, so we got your demo and we would like you to come in and audition for this book. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I went in and auditioned and... um after the audition, I was like, I felt really great about it, but was super nervous because I'm like, I'm in an actual recording studio <laughs> and like magic happens here. What? <laughs> so I left, you know, I left after the after the uh, audition and they said, you know, OK, well, we will uh, we'll review this and we'll, you know, maybe you'll hear from us in a, in a week. Don't uh, don't be discouraged if you don't hear back from us. And I was like, OK, I, yeah, I didn't get it. I know. Um, so then within that week, they said, Hey, you got the book. We'd like you to come in and record. Then it's all like, yes, <laughs> black rose. Goodbye. I'm done. I'm done with you. <laughs> Wait a second. I don't even know if this pays. Well, it's got to. Okay. It's got to. Let's fuck up. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> That's awesome. So, <laughs> so I did it and I did the, did the book and had just a, an awesome time with it. It was the most amazing thing that I had done and it was so great. And they said, awesome. You know, you did a really good job. Um, you might hear from us in a year or two. That's just kind of how this industry works. Um, you know, it, it's okay. Like, it's not that you did a bad job. It's just that we're going to, you know, we've got other projects that we're working on. So don't be discouraged if it takes a while to hear from us. And so I was like, oh, I just quit my job. Crap. Uh, okay, sure. Wow. Now what? Oh, man. <laughs> and then amazingly, like a month later, I got another call. Said, hey, we've got another book we want you to audition for. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Go in there. Got it. And then after that, it was another couple weeks and then another week and then another week. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, this is actually turning into kind of a regular thing. So, nice. Nice. and that was like nine years ago now. Wow. wow. Crazy, man. That's crazy that because awesome. by the time I got there, you were there within my first year. You were there every week, sometimes mm -hmm. twice a week, just book after book after book after book so that was probably one of the best good that's why you listen to your mother okay that's right that's right <laughs> everybody out there listen to your mother she knows what she's talking about she will not steer you wrong no. all right man that's tight it's crazy like um 
people often say like the industry, the entertainment industry, like, you know, it is normal for you to do a job and do a great job on something and not hear something for almost a year, six months. And it's crazy. Like two weeks later, you got a call back. That is amazing. It's almost right. meteoric how it happened to you. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's, that's tight. Um, here, like, um, I know when it comes to me, when I write, you said that when you first start, started uh, just playing with your voice and whatnot, it was you playing with Legos with your brother and like creating like situations and you were basically playing around with basically your make-believe and whatnot. When I write, I basically take on the persona of my main character in my mind and I see the world through their eyes and that's how I write. Nice. Uh, that's what I love most about writing for me is the fact that no matter what I'm feeling, I have a character um, that portrays that feeling so for example i have a character that's very um he's very positive all the time even when the world is falling down around him he has a wise crack he has a joke he's like so i'm in a really good mood and i feel like writing i write as i write as him um i have another <laughs> character who's very broody like a very bruce wayney batman type if i'm feeling really down in the dumps and i feel like writing i write that story i start working on that story um that's what i find most rewarding about what i do <clears throat> when i work on my my creative stuff what did you find most rewarding about voice work in your and just just for you uh, for me, it's because, boy, I'm going to say I love being able to play different characters to, to have those, um, those opportunities to, to give voice to a bunch of different um, personalities in my head. You know, I mean, it kind of makes me sound a little schizo, but, um, the mm -hmm. fact that like, I, I love hearing different voices, different accents, different cadences, stuff like that. And then being able to mimic that and have it come across in a way that's not, you know, insulting. Like if you saw, you know, if you, if you were walking down the street and you heard somebody just with this crazy voice that he was like, what, that's a person that sounds like that. <laughs> if you yeah. were to sit there and start mimicking that, they're going to think you're making fun of them. Yeah. In most yeah. cases, I would say mm -hmm. maybe not all, but Whereas I can do that, I can hear something and then play it back in an audiobook that is, it's a way to differentiate, it's a way to give a certain amount of, I guess, life to a, to a written character that, you know, I can take these instances that I see in everyday life and project them and, and just get to play with that. So, I mean, um, you know, I, I guess the fact that I get to play every day. You know, nah. that's what that's, I do. That's awesome. So I think it's crazy you said that because like, I said one of my I was talking to Corey about this before I contacted you. One of my favorite parts about your performances is the fact that um, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I listen to quite a few narrators. Um, no one else I listen to. Not take away from the other because I like other guys besides you, but not to take away from them. But no other narrator has that illusion that there's more than one person in the room like you do. I legitimately one of my favorite books that you've read is um, the King's Dark Tidings series, and it was um, you just recently did one. It was the it was the one that came out a couple months ago. It's called yep. The Legends of On, and um, in Legends of On there was a scene on a boat where the main character Reskin, um, mm -hmm. his primary love is just Frisha. Um, his best friend, Tamron Blackwater, his cousin, Tyrion, Taryn, and I think one other character were all, to oh, uh, Waylon, the battle mage, were all talking. And you voiced, and they were in the middle of a, a long, serious conversation that had major plot points in it. 
And I was sitting there listening and I'm a, I've been listening to you at this point for about two years. And I'm like, wait a minute. That was one guy. <laughs> like, after I like, after I like, took my headphones out and I had to continue on, you know, doing life, like paying attention to my daughter or whatnot. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. I just listened to five people talk, two people from totally opposite regions of, the, of this fantasy world and a woman. And that was one guy. That is how <laughs> my that blew me. That straight blew me, man. So it's it's crazy that you said like that's the. I mean, to me, you saying that that's the most rewarding part to me is I think is awesome. The most rewarding part for you is my favorite part about what you do. <laughs> well, thank you, Daryl. Oh, not a problem. Uh, that that's some high praise. Thank you. All right. Not since I brought up one of my favorite projects you have worked on. Do you have a favorite project that you have worked on? Oh, man. I have had a number of them that I've really, really enjoyed. Um, I think that one of my favorite things probably with uh, with getting to read audiobooks is that dialogue between characters. Because, I mean, some some authors really good at writing narrative, you know, setting that scene, getting getting the details down so that you as a as a reader or a listener can just you can picture it. You can picture every detail of it. Other authors are really good at doing dialogue. And specifically, I guess I'll narrow it down to banter. You know, just that mm. back and forth between characters. Um, I will say probably two of my favorite, uh, two of my favorite authors, uh, series that I've done, um, who are just, who excel at banter. One of them is uh, Dr. Aleron Kong, who is the author of the Land series. It's a lit RPG series I've seen that, that. I to pick that up it's good um okay you know it it's a the lit rpg genre is a is an is a growing segment of of literature um uh, and i don't know if you're familiar with what that is or not not really all right so picture you you've got the the games like world of warcraft uh those mmorpgs kind of thing mm-hmm. it's where those games then become reality so like mm. the land, um, the author kind of the author described it as if World of Warcraft and Sword Art Online were to get together and have a sexy child. Oh, nice! That is what the land is. Okay. So it's this oh, wow. this guy who gets who's playing a game and he gets sucked into the game and it becomes reality. So there's all those like pop up notifications with experience points and um, there's a lot of stats that are involved. And some authors take it uh, a lot farther than others as far as stats are involved and stuff. But I think uh, Dr. Kong did a great job of uh, kind of putting it in the middle ground. So it's not all stats, so that you're not just being deluged by numbers and information. But uh, there's also, like, the the major focus is on the storyline and specifically the characters. And his banter between the main characters, I just think, is fantastic. Um, Okay. it's, It's funny. It's lighthearted at times. It's serious at others. Um, and he just, he writes back and forth really well. Uh, awesome. another, another one that, uh, that I really enjoy the banter of is um, Robert Ross. He, he wrote a series called The um, Sentinels of Creation. And his banter is just fantastic. I love how uh, just, just witty it is. I mean, it sounds like you've got a group of friends in a room and they're just bickering back and forth at each other. And I love it. I love it because it's like, I have been in that room with those people. <laughs> yes. And he just, he captures it so well. 
on a wooden chair with no cushion. What? So you, yeah, man. No cushion. <laughs> hard okay, I'd like, I want to try to rub it in and say that I'm in like this big leather lazy boy or something, but I'm not. Oh, I'm, I'm on a, Nick. Man, I'm on a bar on. stool. I'm on a bar stool. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's but it's padded. It's padded. Okay. <laughs> you just got something back there, you know, protecting the rear end. <laughs> I um, I witnessed a uh, a reading of yours, um, and it's from one of my favorite series, of course. It was uh, the King Killer Chronicle by Patrick mm-hmm. Rothfuss, and you had a situation where, speaking of how you how much you love banter, I love when you do banter because there was a scene where uh, Kavoth and his two friends and Denna, his love interest, are sitting at a table, and they were trying to they were trying to teach her how to play. I forgot what Breath I think it's called is their 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 card game that they play. I think it's called. But anyway, they're trying to teach Denna, the girl, how to play cards. And she's literally like running the table on these guys and they don't realize it. And he see, and then she flips and just starts kicking their behinds in the game. She's like, how dare you disrespect me? Because I'm a girl. You think I can't play cards? <laughs> and Kavolt, you're telling this through like a second person type view because Kavolt is telling his story to someone else in like right. past tense, which is a beautiful setup. I've... That the Patrick is a genius for doing it that way, but he's like, Dinner proceeded to, to undress us, <laughs> and, <he's this> <laughs> and like the banter between them was awesome. And when she finally got up from the table and left, uh, the, the um, the 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 dressing down that Cabal's two friends gave him for not warning them about her, about her being a con artist, was beautiful, <laughs> absolutely <Nice>. beautiful. <laughs> Well, and and so much of that is is the writing, you know, the the fact that they the authors write that back and forth so well. It just it makes it so much easier for me to do it. Okay. Oh. All right. Which I, right. I got a question. Quick question. Speaking of the sure. writing, how do you how do you navigate? I've been there when you've had to do it, but for the fans who don't know who can't be in the studio, um, how do you navigate bad writing? How do I navigate bad writing? Yeah, how do you personally um, stay consistent? What 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 kind of things are you looking for to stay consistent within within your performance? Um, well, I mean, if it's if it's just a like a lackluster storyline or plot or something like that, I mean, I guess I'm not I'm not sure what you mean exactly by bad writing, but if it's you know a weak plot or something like that, then I guess I just maybe falls on me to give it a little bit more energy mm-hmm. to um to maybe you know like or if characters will say something it's like oh come on nobody would ever say that right. i gotta try to make it as believable as possible and maybe some of that can be just the way that it can be interpreted like you know mm-hmm. said in a slightly different way to make it a little bit more real right that makes sense mm-hmm yeah, that does. That that answers the question beautifully cuz I've been there um when everyone in the studio like we have we <laughs> the director like reaches over hits the talk back pauses mm-hmm. for a second and goes what? <laughs> it's like the, it's the greatest some of the funniest moments in the studio come from directors. I love it. They uh-huh. like they like cuz everyone reads the book but sometimes when you quick read 
you 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 skim over some parts and you and you miss like the intricate details and just them opening right. that mic and they're staring at the script then they look at me and then nickel like turn around and look like what's going on and they just go what that makes no <laughs> sense like, <laughs> yep it's the greatest uh, yep. thing i've seen directors have to take breaks like no we gotta figure this out just give me a minute everybody take five like so i didn't know now that you're doing more like uh, i know you're doing more home studio mm-hmm. recordings now that director isn't always there so i was just curious as to how you do it yourself now um because that outside input really helps It does. It does. And I will say that from the standpoint of doing more from the home studio where I'm kind of a really a one man show now, um, I rely so much more on input from the authors. So I will I will read through the manuscript um, just as detailed as I possibly can. It takes me forever to get through prepping a manuscript because I read every single word. I can't skim. I have to read it in detail. And so I will then try to find a lot of these what moments and <laughs> ask the author about them. And if it's just a case of like, oh, you you forgot a pronoun here, so it made it not make sense. You know, that's an easy fix. But if it's a, you know, like, I'm not sure about this plot direction you're going, it can be try to, you know, just say, hey, what did you want me to do with this part? You know, like what what direction did you want to go in here, you know, vocally and maybe give them a chance to reevaluate it and right. say like, oh, hmm, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay. And so it <laughs> it gives it gives us the opportunity to still have that collaborative effort because I would say that's the one thing that I do miss about working out of a home studio is that collaboration. Yeah. Because when we were in the when we were in the actual like recording studios, you know, we had me, the engineer, and oftentimes a director. And even if it was just me and an engineer who is also directing, then um, there's still that collaborative effort that you know, even for an opportunity for somebody else to say, "Hey, Nick, I don't think you quite hit that one. Let's go back and do you want to read that sentence a different way?" Mm-hmm. And you know, it just it adds so much more. Yeah, I yeah. understand exactly what you mean. As a writer, I have those moments where I'll write something and like I'll just be going off the cuff. I won't be going off pre-writing. Just like my muse is whispering in my ear, and I'm just mm-hmm. typing everything she's saying. And then I realized after I'm done writing three paragraphs, my muse has ADD, <laughs> 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 and I go back and realize what in the world was I trying to like out of these three paragraphs? I have like six sentences of gold. The rest of it is like fluff. Let me get rid of it. <laughs> so I know exactly what you mean as a creator. I'm like, oh. I've done that before where I've written three pages and I was able to salvage one out of everything. Wow. Because wow. I just started going on the keys without doing any kind of like, you know, line work, without doing any kind of uh, plot mapping, just started going. And I just looked at it like I closed it, opened it up the next day and looked and was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Me. So now on your, on your writing process, Daryl, Mm-hmm. Do you do you rely solely on yourself to um, to I guess I mean yes it is you who's coming up with the material but do you rely on either beta readers or other authors that you trust who you'll give your manuscript to or your material to and say hey give me your thoughts on this 
I plan on it. Um, I'm working on it. Like I said, I'm, I'm just finishing up my very first manuscript. I think I have two chapters left of the first story I'm ever going to write. It's okay. called um, but uh, right now, as far as the creative side of it, I have two friends that I go to. And these okay. are the two friends that I've been playing D&D with since we were 15 years old. Nice. They're amazing at coming up with stories and concepts, but they're horrible writers. So much so that since now we've, we've been out of high school for most years, I can I can tell you that I did some of their writing um, projects for them while we were in school. Okay, <laughs> and I would knock them out so we could get to playing D and D that weekend. Like, oh man, nice. you got a paper due on Monday. I'm like, look, look, we all have the same subject. I'm gonna write it. I'm gonna make it sound a little bit more like you, William, because you use bigger words. I'll make it sound more like you, Ren, because you have smaller words. I'll go right in the middle. We'll turn it in. We'll be good. I'll knock it out in two hours. We can get to playing D and D. And like that's who. <laughs> <laughs> And I would do that for them. But they're amazing at coming up with these really crazy concepts. And sometimes um, they'll come up with a concept that has nothing to do with what I'm working on, but I can work it in. Um, and just will. And then Will called me sometimes because he's in Hawaii. He's in, he was in the Marine Corps. He's now in the Army. Um, he's in Hawaii right now. He'll host games for the soldiers there as a dungeon master. And he'll come to me and be like, hey, yo, what should I throw at them here? I'm like, how strong are they? He's like, uh, 19? Huh. Hit them with a beholder. If they're not smart enough to survive, they'll just, you know, die. Nice. So that's what I um that's what I do. Like uh, I have a couple friends that I go to that are very creative, but not so good at writing per se. And sometimes okay. when it wasn't written like for anything, they'll give me a, a concept and then they'll, they'll give it to me and they'll just trust in my judgment. Now, once I've gotten the manuscript done, I'm going to go back over it, of course, myself, and then give it a fresh set of eyes to look at it and goes, hey, this doesn't make sense. So <laughs> I can fix that expound <laughs> or collapse stuff, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like, yeah, that's All really right. cool, man. That's really cool. I had a, uh, Daryl, if you don't mind me interjecting go again, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I had another ahead, question um, just because I'm, I'm, I'm out of the game now. I'm out of the audio book game now, so... I uh, was curious as like right as I was leaving, it seemed like um, you were doing a lot more uh, multi-narrator reads. Um, Mm -hmm. This concept of instead of having a guy do, uh, you know, a woman's voice, let's actually get a woman in here to do this perspective. Um, That was kind of like the cool thing that was starting to happen more and more. Is that still trending more or is that still kind of like, a novelty thing within audiobooks. I think it's starting to trend more. Um, I could be wrong, but just based on my experience, I've had a number of projects, uh, even within the home studio, where I will be cast as you know one voice in this series. And so, like, it's a twelve-hour-long book, but my portion of it is only two hours. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because there are a lot of, especially um, young adult books, that are. Um, multi-perspective, and so it's it, you know it's it's clear that these chapters are from the male character's perspective, and these chapters are from the female character's perspective. And sometimes um, I've seen it, you know, even taking it further, where you'll have like two main male characters and three main female characters, and they will cast five different narrators mm. for all those roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and even even though I think traditionally, even if they did go with the the you know, guy narrates the male roles, female narrates the female roles, um, 
you know, it would be like one male narrator would narrate both of the male perspectives and one female narrator would narrate the three male perspectives. Um, I think that now it seems like it's more and more, they want to get different voices in there. Kind of almost, almost trending towards that full cast production mm-hmm. of a book, you know, kind of like the, the radio drama, but yeah, yeah. in audiobook, you know? Right. So, Right. Yeah, I was noticing that and I and I was curious as to, you know, whether that was still trending upward. And that actually is kind of exciting that um more full cast stuff is gonna be happening. Just because it sounds cool. So. Yeah, it sounds it does, really, really cool. it does. It sounds great. And it's it's such a fun opportunity. I will just say, you know, selfishly, it's such a fun opportunity to get to work with other people and to be able to collaborate with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to, to bounce some ideas off of other narrators to say like, hey, you know, I was thinking about doing this for, for Steve's voice. What do you think? And they can, you know, either say like, yeah, sounds great, or give me some pushback. Right, right, That sounds right. awesome. I think the first full cast book I ever listened to, I, I listened to very few, um, but the, I think actually the only full cast book I listened to where every person had their own voice was... Um, I think it was his name's Neil Gaiman. American Gods came okay. out with uh, a narrator where you know they had one guy who was just a narrator. He wasn't even the main character. He was just a narrator. Anytime that no one was speaking, he read. But then you know uh, the main character, oh god, I can't remember his name. He had his own voice, and then like everybody he encountered had his own voice. Wow, and it was it was crazy. It was crazy. It was it really lent lent to the um, the whole illusion of being there. It mm-hmm. really did. That's I can tough. imagine. That's tough. Speaking from an engineering standpoint, I was going to say that's got to suck for you though, as yeah. an engineer, <laughs> to put all that together. Yeah, oh it man, was, it was horrible Woo. doing those. Two people was hard enough. Like I can remember right. doing a book with you and Amy McFadden, and um, <laughs> okay, and like half of that time we just spent goofing around. It, so. it was a lot of goofing. They put in an uh-huh. extra day just for goof around time. I think, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but pretty much. It was, sounds about right. Yeah, but it was fun. But going into post, like, I just had to, like, stare at it for a little bit. Like, how am I going to make this work? Like, they're going <laughs> back and forth here because the mics would be live at the same time. So mm-hmm. if someone was, like, I don't know, scratching themselves or something in between takes or just, like, clearing the throat a little bit, like, that's still there. So you got to be, like, watching two lines of audio at once and then or just cutting it completely out. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is the route I ended up taking. But that kind of stuff, um, cutting it out is kind of dangerous just because uh, you usually use some type of automated process and then you risk cutting things out. So it was really just nerve-wracking. But it was fun, though, listening and, and recording those kind of things. Mm-hmm. It was super, super fun. So See, and I don't know if you were on one of these recordings or not, Corey, but... There was one where Amy McFadden and I were doing a book together. And again, we're like, we're both in the sound booth at the same time. We've both got microphones set up, but I'm, I'm loud. We'll just, we'll say that I'm, I'm a loud person. And so we ran into the problem of with her mic being on at the same time that mine was, my mic was picking up my voice and her mic was picking up my voice. And so we had to set up this like blanket fort in between us to try to absorb my projection <laughs> from getting picked up into her microphone. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> oh man! And people like people were walking by because they had they had windows in the booths. Like for for those of your listeners who've never seen a you know professional um, sound studio, they have windows in the booths so that you can see you know the the sound booth can the people in the sound booth can see the people in the uh, control room. But then they also had windows going out into the hallway where the other m- booths are. And so people would be walking by the hallway and then just like kind of slowly back up and walk backwards and look in the window and, and kind of have that what <laughs> look on their face. <laughs> because we got a blanket fort going on. I'm like, are you, That's tight. Are that, you guys playing or are you making an audiobook? What are you doing in there? That was me because I remember um, when I was setting that up, people were like, what are you doing? I was like... Dude, it's, it's Nick and Amy. You, you already know it's, like, Nick is loud. Like, I just want some separation here. So I, I set up a, a, a couple, like, of the thicker blankets we had in between the mics. So people On like, some boom stands, yeah. Yeah, they were like, that's not a bad idea. I was like, it's, it's going to work out beautifully, hopefully. Right. Maybe. That's right. It's got to be confident yet unsure. It's going to work great, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Corey. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners about the Wookiee story? Oh. With uh, Nick Podell and Amy McFadden. <laughs> Yo, do you remember that, Nick? We were recording that same book where we had the blanket mm-hmm. fort up, and there was some reference to Star Wars in Amy's yep. part, and she just stops and goes, oh, God, what is this? Chewbacca? I know this is Star Wars. She says, "I." it's that Wookiee sound, right? And it goes, yeah, mm-hmm. he does the sound. And she tries to do it, and it sounded like she was gargling Listerine. Yep. <laughs> we tried it like three times, and I just got on the mic. I'm like, Amy, maybe we should just have Nick do this. <laughs> it's, it was not getting any better. Just, I was like, oh, man, wow. Uh, it was, was choking her in the studio. Yeah, it, uh-huh. just, it wasn't Wookiee-esque. It was like no. something different, something different. Nope. It was hilarious. No, Daryl, I think I think you're right, Daryl. It it sounded a little bit like someone was choking her out. Oh man, it was that's terrible. <laughs> uh-huh. That's horrible. Uh, no, so then that. she I, I think I think what did we did we even stop? Like did we stop the recording or did we just have me like pop up from below, get in front of her microphone and go yeah. <laughs> then slide back down as quietly as I could. Yeah, yeah. We just had you like <laughs> Come in and do it and like continue her line. It was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh man, the way you just described that, <laughs> I, I, I could write that. It was <laughs> so Nick slid under the covers <laughs> as silent as death itself, slithering like a serpent up to the mic to make the sound like a Wookie. <laughs> it was great. It was great, right. man. Uh, oh my god! It sounds like it's an amazing, amazing experience, man. I, I, I wish I could be there. <laughs> it sounded amazing. It's fun. We huh? had we had fun. We had fun at times. Yes, we did. Oh god! Here's and my. We question. managed to record some audiobooks in there too. What? Well, we actually yes. did some work. That's mm-hmm. the crazy yes. part. We did work. Mm-hmm. Don't let that be misconstrued. No, we no. did work. <laughs> we did get some work done. All right. So uh, uh, that's what I was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> Daryl and I were talking, and if you're okay with it, since Daryl is a writer, what we're going to do is, and Daryl, if you can send it to me, um, we were going to have you like read a piece of his, uh, his writing to kind of show okay. how you prep for your readings at some point during the interview, if you're cool with that. Sure. 
Um, Absolutely. The thing that has me really cool, like, I, I'm first off, um, I'm going to get this out the way before we start, you know, get into the interview. I'm fangirling out over here. You are absolutely my favorite narrator on planet Earth. Let me just go ahead and get that out the way. Get out of my system right now. I'm teasing, I'm grinning. Um, and then also, too, Corey has never read any of my writing. So the fact the first time he's going to hear anything I've ever written, it will come from the man of a million voices. is super dope to me. And the first time anyone on in our fan base that will ever hear anything I've ever written will come from the man of a million voices is I'm over here. I'm tripping right now. I'm cheesing. I'm grinning. I'm excited. <laughs> well, Daryl, I am excited to be talking to you. I'm, awesome. I've been looking forward to this ever since you guys approached me and said, hey, would you be interested? And the answer has been yes. Awesome. Always yes. Now, here's one of my here's my question that like this is a, this right here is not a this is a fan question from yeah. me to you, Nick. Who is your favorite literary hero? Okay. Now, are you talking about, like, one that I've given voice to or just in my own reading, my favorite? Let's give you, let's give you, let's give you two because it's not like you have two different ones. So go ahead and give me, give me, give me the one that you have read for and give me the one that you, you just have in general, just your, it's your guy or gal. That's just your you love that person and you yeah. love every book about them. Oh, man. Okay. I would say maybe the one that I have given voice to. Um, boy, I'm going to say it's probably Kellen Thorne from Sentinels of Creation. And okay. I say that because he is somebody that I would actually be friends with. Like just the the way that he is, his um, he's just got a, a plethora of '80s knowledge of random facts about movies, music, books, stuff like that. He's a mm-hmm. complete nerd, but he's still cool and he's fun to talk to because he rarely takes anything seriously. Nice. Um, but when the gauntlets get thrown down, he gets stuff done. He cool. will do it. He will, and and he'll do it with a sarcastic grin on his face the whole time. So I'm going to say that's probably that's probably my favorite character that I've that I've had to give voice to. Um, if we're just talking about in literature in general, mm, I'm going to probably have to say Samwise Gamgee from Sam. Sammy? Yep. Okay. That's right. Sam's my boy. Oh man, strong because, backbone, best friend, be- the best uh-huh. friend that you wish you could have. Yeah, uh huh. Because he's the one who actually got Frodo to Mount Doom. Spoilers, in case anybody <laughs> read it or seen it. Shame on you. Um, but no, he he is the hero of that story. I I fully believe that Samwise is the only one who was never corrupted. Did he want to give up? Did he want to go home? Absolutely. But he never gave in. He was always there for Frodo. And he stood by his side till the very end. Good Looked friend. death in the face and said, I'm with you. Nice. Absolutely. I like that. Absolutely. I like my that. Favorite, my favorite character that you have brought to life. I have two favorite ones that you brought to life. And I have one personal favorite that you didn't read for. Um, I'm sure you could pull it off. But I think it would require a very dark 
It's a, it's a very dark character, but um, of course, my man Reskin, the most likable <laughs> sociopath in history. Right. <laughs> he's the most likable sociopath in history. I swear to God, and it's not his fault. That's the one thing. That's one thing I think I love no. about Reskin. He's a sociopath, but it's not his fault. No, nope. you know what I mean. He's dis he's disenchanted with. He's disassociated with his emotions because of what happened to him. That's right. And, um, so I have to say, probably Kavoth. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, not. Woo! What the heck is wrong with me? Reskin, and um, because of the voice, just the voice itself. Uh, General Markham Jabai. <laughs> I love the voice you do for him. Um, uh, nice. I, I talk to my daughter like that sometimes when she's being <laughs> vague and coy. <laughs> it's like my daughter is extremely bright, and she will, and she likes to think it's like she has to play dumb, and it really, mm. really, it like irks me. And um, I'll take them. I can't do it like you, but I'm. A, she'll go. I'm like Takara. Why did you do this? Um. Well. I just did this for like explain, explain <laughs> why. <laughs> nice. Um, and like, um, just you, you going back and forth with Reskin and him, the two extremely heck strong characters in the same room. It's like they're like two juggernauts. This young hot shot and this guy who survived many wars, just by, really about to cut each other's heads off in this room. Over something seemingly so petty, neither one of their faults because there's something else playing in it. No spoilers here. But right. <laughs> yeah, my favorite scene was when um, his buddy walked in. <laughs> you went, please, someone explain to me why this rogue is in my house. <laughs> I imagine that this really large military man with a bushy mustache, you know, uh-huh. white hair, really in shape guy. He's older, but still could wring someone's neck. And he's oh, just yeah. red pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you nailed that. I love, I love that scene. Because as soon as they found out who Reskin was, it took the wind right out of his sails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he actually had to take a seat and he poured himself a drink. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it sounds like an amazing favorite. book, man. I need to check. What is this? What is this book called? Uh, it, the series is called King's Dark Tiding. No, Free the Darkness is the name of the series. Uh, it, the f- it's King's da- um, Free the Darkness is the first one. It's King's Dark Tidings is the name of the series. It's by Kel Cade. Kel Cade. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna have to yep. check that out. It sounds hilarious. Books. Oh man, the interactions are are lovely in them. Um, I, I think if you were reading it by yourself, you'd get uh, just reading it on paper. You'd get like kind of a tour, especially toward uh, the end of the second book into the third book. There's a lot of characters throwing at you really fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a lot of characters throwing at you really fast. But Nick does an amazing job of giving each individual one of those people voices. So I actually enjoyed that. I'm like, uh, it's almost like a challenge. Like, all right, Nick, how many voices can you do? Like seven people in the room. And I'm like, damn it, he nailed all of them. Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. Um, it's, it's called. Uh, King's Dark Tidings. I actually love it, and I think my one of my favorite lyrics. My he's, he's a very dark hero. Uh, Roland Deschain, the gunslinger. Mm. Gunslinger. Okay. Roland Deschain. He's the main character of the Dark Tower series, and he uh, does some okay. questionable things. Um, but he has the continence of a soldier, and okay. I think I like a lot about him. Okay. So, if you haven't checked, I would highly suggest it, man. It's it's a really good series with by uh, Stephen King. Right. Um. But yeah, man. Uh, here's here's one of my one of my last questions I have for you, and it's based on uh, I've read some of the books that you have you have done, and it was a struggle for me to get through the book because I really wasn't feeling the book. 
Mm. Uh, the reason, reason why I kept listening was because of your performance. And uh, But what was the most challenging project you tackled, in your opinion? Ooh, um, I will say that probably the most challenging projects in general, you know, maybe I'll, I'll maybe keep it a little bit vague, um, are the ones that are, you know, those, those epic, epic series, the fantasies that are, you know, 1600 pages long. <laughs> I know exactly um, what you mean. <laughs> now, now, and it's for a few reasons, I will say it's for a few reasons. One, it's really sometimes hard to keep, as, as you just stated, it's really hard to keep someone's interest that long, you know, unless, unless it is just like a, a, a solid story and, you know, they do a really good job of sucking you in. In 1,600 pages, you're probably going to have some slow points. And mm -hmm. in those slow points, it's, it's kind of hard to, to keep the energy up. And, you know, I, I'm thankful that in, in my line of work, I can take it in bite-sized chunks. So if I'm, you know, going into my 17th hour of the book, I can walk away from it for a little bit, you know, and then come back. And after I've had a latte and, you know, been refreshed and stuff like that and go for a jog or something. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it <clears throat> keeping, you know, trying to keep the energy up in some of those lower points, that can be challenging. Um, as you said, with the, keeping all the characters straight, that can be a challenge. I think that one, I'm going to say one series that I had, I had over 250 different characters. Holy crap. That's a lot. And <laughs> trying to keep all those straight can be challenging. Now, with the digital recording, I will say it makes it a lot easier because I can just jump to my little file that has my character samples because I learned, I learned early on, you got to pull samples. You got to pull samples. Yep. Um, I can just listen to that reference and then okay there we go i'm back into it you know i can i can mimic what i did before and stuff like that so that helps to keep it for for consistency's sake throughout the series because again like you know by your by page 1593 you may have forgotten what angie sounded like on page two yeah so <laughs> yep yeah. But, yeah. So it's I think it's it's those ones and then the uh the epic fantasies that are full of made up languages. Oh, oh my god. Made up yeah. languages and names. And it is maybe calmed by the fact that the author might know what those names and things sound like. More often than not, I will say that I have found that I will ask an author, "Hey, how do you pronounce this word?" And they'll say, I don't know. I just right. wrote it. Yeah, that <laughs> happens a lot. I've never, I've never said it out loud. I just know how it's spelled. What? So I'm like, okay. That? You mean a tell lot me of people? A lot oh, of people. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. This is from a, a newbie author. You tell me, there's authors out here that are published that literally will take a character, bang their forehead against a keyboard, and that's that character's name, and they never say it in their head as they're reading it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or, or you know, it's just that. Well, it, it either it looks good on the page, like the, the mm. collection of letters look cool, or they will, you know, it'll have some sort of significance and meaning to them, but they've never had an instance to hear it spoken. Yeah. And so they, they, will, they will say back to me, like, I don't know how you say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
do you just laugh those situations off and just do your best at that point? <laughs> no, I save that for after I'm done on the phone call. No, um, <laughs> no, we'll laugh about it together. We'll we'll laugh about it together and be like, all right, well then it's time to make a choice. What does yes. this name sound like? We're gonna figure this out. Uh, <laughs> the reason uh, why I don't like that is because that puts a lot of pressure on the narrator. Um, especially if that, that author ends up having a huge fan base for that story. Like they wrote this name and it's a main character and they have never said it. They don't know what it sounds like. And now it's going to be Nick's job to make it, to make it hit, you know? And if he Mm -hmm. puts the wrong emphasis on something or it could have sounded better a different way, or if people have been reading the book and they believed it to be pronounced one way and you change it for them, it's not the Mm -hmm. same experience. So, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, they get really, really, like, audiobook yeah. fans are very particular on how they, they are. like their books. Man. I noticed. I noticed mm-hmm. that reading reviews. Um, there's a there's a collection of stories. They're very popular. You, probably, you both have probably encountered it in some way, shape, or form. The Sword of Truth series, like the Wizard's First Rule. and uh-huh. uh, they, they actually even had a, a TV show called Legend of the Seeker. Yep. It went on for two seasons. Um, but... For some reason, this narrator, I guess, never watched the show or listened to interviews with uh, Terry Goodkind, and he pronounced the main character, which some people say is Richard Cipher. I really think the main character is the female. Her name is yeah. Kaylin Amnell. He spent an entire book and a half calling her Colin because ah, her name is spelled K A H L A N. Yep, Kalan. He called her Kalan. For like uh-huh. a book and a half, and I bought one of the books. And like when I was going through it, I every time he said her name, I cringed. Yep. I was like, "Who is Colin? <laughs> Who is this Colin character?" <laughs> I know Kaylin Amnell, the mother confessor. I know her. <laughs> yep. Oh my god! And I read the reviews, and like people were giving it one star off of that one piece. Yep. The guy's voiceover was okay. Um, his 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 voiceover was okay. His energy was good. His energy was very good. But they gave one star because he spent the entire book mispronouncing Caitlin's name. Yep. <laughs> and you know what? I remember my wife told me that, and I, I, I laughed. I just laughed. That's oh, terrible because you know what we have to do, right? <clears throat> like in the industry, if we get enough bad reviews on something, we have to bring that narrator back in after he's done that book. He or she has done mm-hmm. that book, and we have to fix it. So yep. then, if there's 500 instances of that name, your supervisor comes in, sits down, says, hey, we got a special project. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we want you to do it because we know you'll do a good job of keeping things together. That's what sucks about being good at your job. And right. we want you to find every instance <laughs> of this character's name and mark it in this session. So, so this is how it works. Like a page is roughly like two minutes of audio. If mm-hmm. the recording engineer was nice enough, they marked the number in the session but since you mastered it the numbers are going to be slightly off but they still should be right about the same so if you have five instances of a name you have to go find it 500 times and then you kind of got to figure out after doing your first 50 or so how much the time code in the script is off from the finished product so then you start doing like these small like math equations to figure out okay in this chapter we're about 20 minutes off in this chapter it seems uh-huh. like we're about 26 minutes off and then you go and mark all of them and then the narrator has to come back in get their voice right you know remember how they did it and we're speaking and then you have to go in and punch it and it's not just the name sometimes you have to punch whole lines uh-huh. whole paragraphs 
to fix uh-huh. it. So it's it's not an easy thing. Like if you mess something up as a narrator, it's a tough job. I I wouldn't want to do it. I don't know how you do it. I couldn't do it. <clears throat> no, no, no. I I want to make sure something is crystal clear here. Narrators get a lot of the acclaim and everything for the the work that is done on an audiobook. So like if the audiobook is really good, narrator gets the credit for it. The engineer is the one who does all the work. <laughs> they are the ones who are busting their humps to make this thing sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, the narrator is like we make mistakes. We we have weird things going on with our stomachs that are constantly making noises. Corey has had to listen to my mouth make some of the most disgusting noises ever. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. has to take those out. <laughs> so it's not just a, you know what, let's just turn off the noisy mouth filter. It's no, no, no. He's got to go in there and surgically remove it. And that means he's got to listen to it once. He's got to take it out. He's got to listen to it again. He's got to splice it together and listen to it a third time. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. So no. Engineers, they are the ones that make these audiobooks sound great. I believe you. You know how many times Corey has yelled at us on this podcast? <laughs> off, off recording. Everybody listening. To everybody out there listening to this, this right now, Corey has got into all five, because it's six of us, five of us, about our habits or lack thereof, people's phones going off, people's TV being loud. Um, <laughs> yep. People get too close to the microphone. People breathing by the microphone. People mm-hmm. not watching, opening and closing their mouths or anything. Saying because you saying the you said that very gross, spitty sound that your yeah. mouth just makes if you open it without saying anything. <laughs> one time he spazzed out. <laughs> He's like, "If I hear one more phone go off, y'all gonna be recording this podcast on Fruity Loops <laughs> by yourselves." I'm sick of y'all. He went off. <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> and it hasn't <laughs> happened since, to be fair. Nope. Good, it good. Not. It is not. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't get, I respected Corey for what he did. I realized he did a lot of work, but I didn't truly grasp how tough of a job he has to do until I tried to do a segment that I was sending him the raw product and he was just cutting it. But I I told him, like, what can I do on my end to help your process go easy? He says, basically, do your recording. Because I was recording some sound with my girlfriend. We were doing something called Gaming with the Girlfriend. It's a little segment we do. Okay. Um, I was recording sound with her, and I basically had to watch the video that I'm sending him along with it and put drop basically on paper markers where I want him to say, okay, take this out, uh, add this sound bite, um, make this sound effect here. Um, just have some fun with I don't know what you want to do with this, like this section from uh, four minutes and 46 seconds to six minutes and six seconds. But, but have fun in here. I think we we could do something with this. I'm like, this is work. Mm-hmm. But I'm not doing anything. I'm just taking notes. And then <laughs> yeah. I to physically go in here and touch up this crap. <laughs> <laughs> now, now place yourself in the audiobook world. Imagine having to do all of that on the fly. Uh-huh. So you drop yeah. a marker, you're taking notes while the person is reading. You're also following to make sure that they're not messing up. And if you're an engineer director, you're also directing the talent. Like, you have to uh-huh. do all of that at once. It's It gets pretty complicated, but, I mean, it's really fun to do, especially if the books are good. Really, really fun to do. Um, what was the book you did that I loved so much? The Zebra one. Uh, oh, Julia Zebra. Yes, that was really fun. That was a kid's book, and that was hilarious. Uh-huh. That was so fun to do. So there's 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 highs and there's lows, but overall it's right. it's really fun. And 
and I think that, you know, Corey, maybe maybe you'll agree with me, maybe you won't. But since doing some of my, my own recordings and stuff in the home studio, I also have to, I'm going to say very lightly, play the role of engineer. Um, but after a while, some of these things just become muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Like when you're when you're dropping markers, when you're, you know, undoing a, a recording, if you're, you know, whatever, like you you do a lot of these things without having to think about it. And I think I, I feel like that's maybe one of the things that would separate a novice from a veteran engineer. You know, it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like you a lot of those things you don't even really have to think about. So you can focus on. Okay, what is the what is the narrator reading? What you know? What, what what is this note that I have to type out real quick? Okay, I'm still following along even though I'm typing. You know that kind of thing. Yep. Would you would you agree with that or? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because when um, the directors start stop being as prevalent, um, and people started recording more so from home or just coming in and recording themselves more easier books. Um, you had to do a little bit more watching and being a lot more careful. So I can remember myself. There'll be times where you hear a mouth click, you press the marker button, then you go over to the script on your iPad, you circle the word, and then like something else happens. So then you go to the text function, type in a text real quick on the iPad, like uh, go back and re-listen to this for X, Y, Z. Then you close that out and you hear another mouth noise. So you hit enter again. Like you just, as you hear it, it's just really fast. Like boom, 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 right. boom, boom. Right. So it, it does become muscle memory to the point where um, you're not worried about it as much. But there's always times where you're like, I don't know, a lot just happened right there. I'm just going to go back and listen to this whole paragraph. <laughs> Circle I, the page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But everything was weird here. I don't know why, but... <laughs> Go back and do it. So there's there's times like that. Um, nice. I had um, just a couple more questions. I know we've been sure. having you on here for a minute now, but um, speaking to your nerdy side, mm-hmm. uh, I want to know a couple of your favorites, and they can just be quick fires. You can give me a quick reason why. Um, so first, what's your favorite anime? Favorite anime? Um I'm going to say it's probably a tie between either Sword Art Online or Inuyasha. I like I'm going to say that because of my wife. She's the one who got me into anime. Oh, that's okay. right. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. right. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, two good choices I like. Um, what is your favorite board game? Ooh. Oh, man, that depends on, that depends on the month. Um, <laughs> if, we're talking, if we're talking straight board game... My favorite is probably Merchants and Marauders. Oh, I don't think go I've ahead and Google that, that one. I've okay, good. I, you you heard I've of it? All right, I'm impressed. It. I've never played it. I've always wanted to play it. That one and um, the one it was like the the Sheriff of Nottingham. Okay, yep. I've always wanted to play that one too, and I never had a chance to. But proceed, Corey. My bad. No, you're good. Okay, so, so that would be favorite board game. Now, if we're talking just favorite. Uh, you know, game. I'm gonna throw tabletop games in there. Uh, Wings of Glory and Sails of Glory. Two, they're tabletop miniatures games. One of them takes place in World War One biplanes. Uh, it's kind of like X-wing miniatures, but think World War One. And then Sails of Glory is the same mechanic, but it's uh, Napoleonic warships. Okay. Now. That's cool. Ooh. There, there's your obscurity for the day, right? 
We needed that, though. We needed that. <laughs> Nick, have you ever played uh, Flames of War? No, but I've seen it, and I, I would like to. Just for your, just for the listeners, that's the same type of tabletop game Nick's talking about, but it takes place during World War II. Mm-hmm. And it's like it throws a little steampunk element in there as well, a little bit, a little bit. It's not really uh, okay. period accurate, but it's a little bit of steampunk. It's You suspend belief, but not a whole hell of a lot. Just a little bit. Just a little just bit. Just a little bit. Okay. And favorite superhero? Ooh. Oh, man. All right. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to defer to my wife's desires on this one because this may be sacrilege to some people. I'm not a big superhero fan. Ooh. So that's, that's, that's not right. one that I grew up on. Mm-hmm. But since being married, my wife is a huge superhero fan. Um, so I'm going to probably go with hers and say Batman. That's Very good, good choice. Very good now, choice. And it's because, um, I will just expound a short bit on this, because he's freaking smart. Mm-hmm. Very. His superhero, his super ability, his superpower is you know if you listen if if you listen to him in the in the new Justice League movie it's because he's rich but that's not it no he's smart he's a tactician he thinks like three four seventeen steps ahead of his enemy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or whoever his adversary may be even if it is the other members of the Justice League yeah mm-hmm. he's always got contingencies yep contingency for the contingency Anyways. for the contingency that's right yep. so there you go he's notorious for having suits that could defeat each of his enemies. Or each of his uh-huh. allies and each of his enemies as well. So it's just like, as you said, tactician. I love Batman. Very, very dope. Mm-hmm. And lastly, um, if you could have one superpower, my friend. We did an episode oh, where we discussed yes. ours. I'm curious, what would be your superpower? Oh, boy. He already has one. He can mimic voices. That's his <laughs> <No>. superpower. <laughs> I'm just saying. Man, no. He already no. has one. <laughs> uh, so I could beat vocal recognition software the world over. No. Um, uh, I would say if I could have a super super power, it would be being able to bend time. Because I feel like out of any thing, any resource, any commodity that we covet as people, the one thing that we can never gain is more time. Mm. That's deep. And if I could bend that, I feel like I could accomplish so much more with my life. Yeah. You and me both. Yes. Yes. I like it. I like it. That's all I've got. Uh, Personally, Daryl, I know you fangirling out. So is there any final questions that you had for Nick before we let this gentleman go? Absolutely. Can I have your autograph? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that and a dollar sixty-five will get you a cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So yeah. um, No, I've actually I'm pretty I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna actually probably fangirl out until after the reading is done. (laughs) I want to be sitting here fanning myself because Nick Podell's reading my story. I'm gonna freak out, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, it's been a real pleasure talking with you, Nick. You are a very personable person, and they always say like, "Don't meet your heroes," because you'll be disappointed. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I am not, and I was not. Yeah, you said and, that when we were playing video games, and I was like, "No," I was like, "You gotta meet Nick now because you will be just blown away at how cool this dude is." So, yes. Well, 
thank you guys. I mean, I I feel like that that's gotta be that's gotta be something that everybody needs to keep in mind when they get the opportunity to meet someone that they look up to in in any in any field. You know, whether it's uh, an investment banker that you've always thought was just so cool, or you know, if it's a celebrity, if it, whatever, um, they're just people. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. know, they they may do something that you think is just awesome but at the core of it they're just people and i mean Corey has gotten to see into my life and he knows that like my house is usually a mess because i've got dogs and two girls yeah you know and, <laughs> like yeah. i've got rust all over my car because you know i'm i'm just a i'm just a guy you know it just it just so happens that um i am incredibly blessed to be able to have a job that I enjoy so much and that just based on the number of emails and Facebook messages that I've got, other people enjoy as well. And so I'm, I'm just so incredibly fortunate for that. But ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just like any other guy you'd see at the store, you know, buying yeah. my diapers and my formula and my bananas and stuff like that. Absolutely. That's it. Just know if I saw you at the store, I'd follow you around. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but that's see, that's I'm the kidding. thing though about being I'm a kidding. voice actor. About being a voice actor, I can go out. Nobody has a clue who I am yes. because nobody sees my face. Yeah. You know, like if I was Chris Hemsworth, okay, I might have a little bit of a problem going out to you know Meyer and getting a pound of ground beef for tacos that night. Um, right. Right. But <laughs> nobody knows what I look like, so. I can just go be a, you know, regular schmo at the store. Right. I think that's awesome, too. Being of being working with the voice, people don't know what you look like inherently right. unless they Google you. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm but telling they're gonna you. One, they're going to get one headshot and that's it. That's all they're going to see. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just book covers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And then, God forbid, you throw the Marvel superhero disguise on when you throw on a hat and put on some sunglasses. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Big, big, thick plastic rimmed glasses. I'm going Clark Kent here. Yep. Nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like Air it a lot. In glasses. That's all you need. Hair mm-hmm. mousse and glasses. <laughs> I like it. Is that what you do, Corey? You put mousse in that? You know what I'm saying? That's how your hair looks so soft, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I go more like the olive oil nutrient. I was gonna say, route, I thought it know? was. I thought it was coconut. Like it was. Look, was it coconut oil? Is that what you told me you put in there sometimes? Yeah, at the time, um, I was using the shea butter, uh, which was cocoa oh. butter. Um, the, um, mixture and they had all this stuff. It was really good. The Shea Moisture Company uh, does a really got good job of mixing all that stuff. Now I'm trying something new, and it's olive oil. Olive oil kind of cream. I mean, same thing. Um, more of like a sheen though, because olive oil has that nice sheen to it. So that's what I'm trying mm-hmm. right now for everyone looking all to right. uh, sponge curl their hair. Note to self though: don't hang around Corey if I'm hungry, because then I'm gonna want to go get me some Italian. <laughs> If you're putting olive oil up in there, <laughs> do you have any idea how much I cook with olive oil? It, I use everything. Awesome. <laughs> you know, make me hungry, Corey. Well, yeah. actually, it smells like candy. I don't know why. What? So they made it worse. What? Like, they make it smell like candy. My girlfriend just, like, sits there and sniffs my head. like, your head smells delicious. I'm like, yo, get away from me before you do something stupid. <laughs> I, my head. <laughs> oh no 
I'm over here basic as hell. I just use a little bit of water and some blue magic. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> some sports <laughs> You know? All you need. But yeah, so um, I was talking to Daryl right before this interview, and I was like, you know what we should do? We should have your your hero read a piece of your literature. Um but not only that, um, have Nick read it so we can kind of get a feel for how you kind of prep um, for a book. Like, walk us through that process. So we've sent you, like, a page of Daryl's uh, upcoming novel. Uh, Daryl, mm-hmm. you want to give us a quick background on this novel? Yes, it's a uh, it's actually an offshoot from the main novel. Um, the main novel I'm still working revisions on, so I don't really want to disclose too much on it. This right here is like a alpha not even a beta it's called the trigger mancer um that's the name of the uh the story i'm working on it's about a guy it's it's like neo-noir with a bit of magic thrown in uh urban fantasy type type joint and um it's basically going to be taking place like kind of like a gumshoe whodunit type situation but there's going to be monsters magic and a guy wielding magical guns so (laughs) if you uh if you if you like if you like magic, you'll like the story. If you like urban fantasy, you'll like the story. If you like um, Dick Tracy type detective comics type stuff, set with a dark back a dark background with colorful characters, kind of in the, the spirit of like Frank Miller Sin City, you'll like the story. Okay, okay. I gotcha. Okay, so typically, okay, we've sent you this page. Where do you typically start in your prep process? So what I do with when I'm prepping a book is I basically I will read it through myself just you know word for word as anybody who's going to read the book would as I'm going along I make character notations and it's as simple as usually just a little dot of color like I'll I'll give each character I'll assign them a, a color um, I used to do this with marker uh, now it's all digital though so it's a heck of a lot easier um, and so I'll, you know, like with this one, I'm looking at, I've got Drevin is the main character, correct? Yes. Cause I, and I will fully disclose to your audience. I have not read this yet. <laughs> so this is going to be a cold reading, which normally I refuse to do. I will not like, if I'm given Ooh. a project, I will not do a cold reading because I need to know what's going to happen so that I can make the correct vocal choices. You know, mm-hmm. like you may say in page, you know, whatever page this is of the book, if this was like page 53 of the book um, that I'm going to be reading here on page 237, you may say that Drevin had a thick Brooklyn accent. Well, I didn't know that in page 53. So <laughs> all of a sudden, I got to go back and re-record the whole thing because the main <laughs> character had this really, you know, specific vocal choice so Mm -hmm. that's why when i'm doing when i'm doing my prep work i read it all through from the very beginning to the very end and i'll make notes and i'll i'll take bits and pieces out of the text that will give me inclinations to what the character sounds like so if they're you know constantly brooding like i'll make that note they're they're a very dark brooding character so that's what I do. I'll usually have my script in front of me and then a character sheet off to the side or, you know, on my iPad on the next app over or whatever. So. Got you. Okay, so we're not expecting this to be perfect by any means. Cold reads never are. 
So if you need to stop and ask questions, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, how, what questions you're asking. So definitely stop as needed. If you mess up, not a big deal. But I just want, we, we want to hear that, that Nick okay. Podell magic. Well, oh, then yes. this, is, this is what we're going to do. So, all right. If you guys are ready, I will, I will give, it a, give it a go here. Go ahead. All right. <clears throat> as a child, Drevin Delgado often read fantasy adventure novels. Tales of warriors and wizards going on some grand quest to fight some great evil. Those stories, settings, and outcomes varied greatly. That's what made them great stories. The one aspect that almost all of them shared was most quests start with a chance meeting in the tap room of an inn or tavern. Some world-weary sellsword or too smart for his own good mage meets someone that is in dire need of their help and they begrudgingly render their assistance. That cliche is so deeply rooted in the genre that a proper tale of adventure is incomplete without it. Drevin chuckled to himself at the irony of having those thoughts at this moment in time. The irony was represented in triplicate. The first of which was the fact that Drevin was currently sitting at a table in the back corner of his favorite bar, the Black Barrel. This little dive in the north side of Brook City's best-kept secret. Well, see? Made a mistake. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> this little dive is the north side of Brook City's best-kept secret. The entire dimly lit space smelled of hops and cedar wood. The well lick... Hmm? Lacquered, sorry. Primus the well... Nah, that's <laughs> all right. The well-lacquered tables were a dark mahogany, and the chairs and bar stools were cushioned by buttoned leather. To the rear of the bar, there was a jukebox hooked up to a sound system all around the space. It was currently playing Have You Seen Her by the Chai Lights. Chai Lights? Chai Lights. Chai Lights, okay. Behind the bar and above the rows of chocolate... Nope, sorry. <clears throat> Behind the bar and above the rows of colored bottles was a trifold American flag in a wooden glass case. Next to the flag, there was the picture of a clean-faced young black man wearing the circular headgear that the Navy referred to as Dixie Cups. Next to that picture was a piece of naval navigation gear that Drevin believed was called a sextant. It was old and must have been of some value or relevance for Benny Briggs, the owner of the Black Barrel. Benny was a tall, brawny black man in his 50s and was a Navy veteran. The kid in the picture was his son, who died four years ago in Iraq. The second dose of this palpable irony was the fact that in the current year of 2010, princesses locked in towers were in short supply. There are no knights errant, no kind-hearted thieves that looked out for the little guy in this city. The only thing remotely close to that in Brooks City were the families that pulled the strings of the crooked cops and judges that they own. If you are unlucky enough to glimpse deeper, you may be able to scream in horror before the true evils in the underbelly of Brooks City disembowel you. The final nugget of irony was the fact that Drevin Delgado was in fact a mage sitting in a tavern. The 25-year-old welder was also the last living triggermancer. Simply put, Drevin is able to cast spells like a wizard from his favorite epic fantasy tales. But he can only do this through special items, like his enchanted weapons, guns called invokers. Drevin closed his honey-colored brown eyes and rested his head in his large, strong hand. 
He shook his head with a smirk, playing on the corners of his lips, chiding himself for letting his musings get the better of him. You ready for your check, honey? A sweet voice said to Drevin, causing his eyes to snap open and look up. It was his server, Roxy. She was a voluptuous, fair-skinned woman with bright blue eyes you could see in a dimly lit room. Her bleach... <clears throat> Her bleach... Is it beach or bleach blonde? <laughs> bleached blonde. Bleach, bleach blonde. No, that's okay. Her bleach blonde hair was highlighted with hot pink and cut in a longer, layered bob that framed her pretty round face. Yeah, Roxy, I think I'm done for the night. Drevin's voice was smooth as aged bourbon over ice, but possessed the deep rumble of a far-off storm. He was of lighter complexion and had the sharp features of the jet black hair that was customary for someone of Puerto Rican descent like himself. He was tall, very tall, standing a little over 6'4". To say he was skinny was a gross misappropriation. Because of his height and long limbs, he appeared to be thin, but under his navy blue work shirt and leather jacket, he was all muscle and sinew. He didn't have the bulk of excess muscle, but just one look at him, and his body screamed speed and explosive power. All right, then. Here you go, Roxy said, setting his bill down on the table in front of him. Roxy, when are you going to let me take you out? Drevin asked matter-of-factly. The question was so sudden that Roxy stopped cold in her tracks. She spun around, cocked a very pronounced... No. Nope. All right, you're going to have to help me with this one. She spun Hold around. On. I might have... Uh... Might have been speed writing there. Give me one second. Sure. <laughs> See, I like that though. And and I gotta comment on the fact that <laughs> when you when you get into a groove, you kinda almost um I know we've talked about this before, Nick, where like in your head you know you've read so many books, you know what's coming, but sometimes you guess completely wrong. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I forgot what it was up above, but you said chocolate. Oh, it's colored bottles. I said chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's like liquor bottles. Like, like, that is, is it a candy store? Mix. Classic mix. That is. Chocolate I will bottle. put things in. And I've, Corey, I think you have told me before, and I've had other engineers and directors tell me that um, I will make a mistake, but I will say it so damn convincingly that you have to catch it like a page or two later. Be like, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. He okay. said the wrong word there. <laughs> but be, it's just I think it's because like you said like I've read enough books now that I have an idea of where things are going and if I say it confidently enough you might believe it I yeah. believe it <laughs> like that they were chocolate bottles no that uh -huh. was not that was not convincing sorry <laughs> um, the line is uh, she spun around comma cocked a very pronounced hip and then... very pronounced hip him oh hip hip, hip. This there we go <laughs> Yeah, there we go. All right. Shall we continue? Yes, yes. She spun around, cocked a very pronounced hip, and rested a hand on it. No way, Drevin. I'm not going to be the next victim of your slick-as-oil charms. Victim? You make it sound like a night with me's something akin to torture, he responded, feigning incredulity. Oh, I'm sure a night with you would be lovely. What would come after is what would be the torture, Roxy explained, wrinkling her nose at Drevin. And what do you think would come after? Drevin asked with a playful frown. Days of not hearing a peep from you and nights of laying in bed alone thinking about you, those tattoos and that butter pecan skin, she said, sass dripping from every word. Sounds to me like you've already played this out in detail. 
Drevin said with a broad grin. Only once and after I knew for a fact that you were bad news with a good smile. Hopping in bed with you would give me one or two nights of bliss, followed by three times as many sitting on my couch, drunk off shitty wine and listening to Adele. No thank you, Mr. Delgado. That I could do without. Roxy concluded with a pleasant smile, turned on her heel and sashayed away, a robust rear end keeping Drevin's attention. At that moment, the jukebox clicked twice and Let's Do It Again by the Staple Singers started playing. Drevin's attention was snatched away from Roxy's curves by a well-dressed man sitting at a table at the far corner of the bar. The problem wasn't the man's... Hmm? Oh. <clears throat> Probably strike that or, I'm guessing. Yeah, man's attire, yep. yes. Gotcha. The problem wasn't the man's attire or the fact that he was leering at Drevin. What had Drevin's hackles raised was the fact that just a moment ago, that man was not sitting there or even in this bar. Ooh. I want to read she... the rest of this, man. Right? This is right? pretty good, Daryl. Daryl, I'm not going to lie, man. I've listened to a lot of books in my day, man. I definitely like this. Do you? I do. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Shucks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Finish oh up those God. two chapters, will you? Yeah, oh, seriously. Absolutely. Seriously. That is good. That was a that was a really good read. And and thank you for doing that, Nick. I know that's, you know, absolutely. cold reading, like we said, is not necessarily the most pleasant thing. And you get to kind of <laughs> see what happens. Um in Nick the is, studio. Yeah, Nick is a very good reader, and kind of the feedback that you get sometimes, like, we'll get books, you know, that sometimes are not fully like you know proofread so sometimes you do get those mm -hmm. mistakes and the director's there to do exactly what daryl was doing you know let's yep. strike this line let's do this and read it this way and you just keep it moving you just do it as quick as possible get it out um but still make it make sense and then what's dope for the author um you guys can send those fixes along like hey this is what mm -hmm. we found here you go and it's almost yep. like free proofreading so, uh, yeah. I've joked with some of my author friends and be like, you know what? If I ever fail as a narrator, I, I apparently can pick up a job as an editor because I do a <laughs> lot of manuscript editing and be like, yeah. okay, so I found these 438 typos. Uh, <laughs> how would you like to address them? <laughs> and you got to look across the table from them with that very condescending, like, <laughs> smile. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, no, like, no. I get to do it through the phone, so I don't, oh. I don't even have to give them the facial. No. <laughs> There's no visual there. They can, uh, they can see that smarmy smile through the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word, smarmy. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love oh, it. No, no, and, and I want I want to make sure that uh, that you guys didn't get the wrong impression. I I don't dislike doing cold readings like this for the purposes of something like this. Uh, it's it's when I'm actually given a project that gotcha. is a hey, we need you to come in and read this. Um, you know, you don't get any prep time. Like that is what I I can't sure. do. And I know that there are some narrators who can do it. Who can go into a read, uh, go into a recording completely cold, and they'll knock it out of the park. And I don't know how they can. That must be their superpower. Uh, but I yep. do not have that super ability. Oh, so neither do I. So I can't be <laughs> mad at you. Um, man, Nick, thank you. Um, we really appreciate that, man. Is there any 
uh, what is it, social media handles, any shout outs you want to give as we're wrapping this thing up? I'm not that tech savvy, man. I, no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, man. Well, Unfortunately, hey. I got nothing. I got nothing on that front. That's fine. Well, I got something on his behalf, if you don't mind. Yeah. Do it. For all my listeners out there, if you like fantasy stories and you like a good a good reading of them, check out my man Nick Podell's work on Audible. Um, he has done uh, a book series called King's Dark Tidings. If you like stories about assassins, that a dark fantasy story about assassins, that's for you. Um, if you like story that, a story that's more light, a little bit more lighthearted, music driven, he has done the King Killer Chronicle um, as well. The first two books of it, the third one we're still waiting on. Patrick, mm-hmm. Patrick, <laughs> come on, clock's ticking. Um, <laughs> um, check the feel free to check those out as well as all the rest of them on there. I, I I've literally picked up a book that I've never heard of before solely because Nick narrated it, and if I didn't like the book, I enjoyed his performance. You're very kind, Daryl. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> For sure. Well, thanks, Nick. We truly appreciate you, man. Um, good luck with you and your future endeavors this upcoming year, man. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you guys so much for having me on here. This was a lot of fun. Oh, man. I, I enjoyed it, too. Hopefully we can have you on again sometime. You can just come and hang out with us. I'd love it. All right. <laughs>